Are you a fan of one of the three high schools in the town of Fort Mill? Well, you've come to the right place to catch up on all the information surrounding your favorite team. We're just three old dudes who love high school athletics and love the town of Fort Mill. Call us, the Mouthy Milltowners. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Mouthy Milltowners. Keith Cook, Mac Banks, I'm John Turner. Go ahead and get the unpleasantries out of the way early on. Uh, Keith, well done, my friend. Um, North Carolina oh. dog stomped my Clemson Tigers. Ten uh, points for is not 17 a dog stomp. from three. Uh, couldn't hit a free throw worth the poot. And y'all, y'all might as well have been – y'all were the cleaning crew in the first ten minutes because y'all were just wiping the glass clean. We couldn't get anything. So, heels – Win over Clemson. Clemson now one and two in the ACC, not too good. Yeah, I think the heels right. are three and zero. Oh. Yeah, three and zero. Oh. Yeah, Got three and NC State Wednesday, yep. which is also three and zero. Oh, surprisingly, so the state fans will be barking a lot. Oh, and we know how you love NC State. Golly, yeah, the wolf puppies. Is that what you call them? The wolf puppies. The wolf puppies. Moo you. I mean, you, we can. The list goes on I'm and Alan, on. Like Are you Alan at, at the moon? Yeah, I'm Alan at the moon. And, and the great thing about I've, I tease a lot of my friends that are NC State fans, some that may be listening to the program here, is that NC State fans are typically more concerned about UNC's failures than they are concerned about their own successes. So it's because there hasn't been a lot. That's right. Well, that and sounds it, familiar. And a, and a stat Mac. that is. A stat that is uh, that that I always make sure they know about is that they haven't won even as much of a share of a division title in any of the major men's sports in over thirty years. Let that marinate. Well, let all those let this marinate as well. Everybody says how great their football program is. Traditionally, they've had one ten-win season. They had a chance Ever. at it this year, <laughs> but they screwed it up in the bowl game. I thought they were going to do that. I thought they were going to win that game. They didn't. They've won ten games. One time, and they haven't won the ACC since 1979. The Heels last won it in 80, 80 in case yep. you're keeping track. And the team with the most ACC championships is not Florida State. It's Clemson. Right. That's your college basketball and football update. Now moving on to more important items, which is the crap that happened in this town <laughs> the last seven days. And back to the weather. And meanwhile, back at the ranch. It was a... Ho-hum. It was a profitable week for some. It was in the red for others. And then there was a couple of ants eh in the middle. Uh, we'll go ahead and get some of the ants eh out of the way here at the very beginning. Um, apparently, our discussion about realignment um, ruffled some feathers. And oh, we knew that was going to happen. We knew that was going to happen. Uh, and then there were just some, there was just a lot of comments. Oh, like a lot of people with questions and just kind of just comments about what they. Um, but there was some ruffling of feathers, so just want to get, want to remind people of three things when we talked about that. Yeah, we were getting upset and stuff, but we were getting upset at a bunch of what ifs. We have to remember and keep in mind this is this isn't final. It can still move and change. We don't know what the final product is. Uh, so so there's that. Also remember that the South Carolina High School League they're not making these decisions unilaterally. You got to sometimes even I forget. The schools voted to give them this authority to make this and and, and change it. So well, we have to remember that they're not just coming up with this list. And and the third point that I'll that I'll throw out there is the the league. Sometimes a lot of times the league will do stuff right, 
and it'll just get a, well, that's what you're supposed to do. But when they get something wrong, you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> um, so I think we have to, in my opinion, those are the three things we have to keep in the back of our mind when talking about realignment. And it, it is far from the finished article, but, you know, the league's – there's no silver bullet. That's what a couple of people said to me was, you can come up with the best thing for this area and it would mess up somebody else. Well, I think you, yeah. Coach Shielders or somebody said it last week. They're not going to make every high school in the state happy. No. Somebody's going to get no. upset that they're 2A or 3A or – Four A or five A or whatever, and, and I think if they get seven out of ten right, that's, that's right. You know, it, it, most of the commentary that I've experienced engaged in this week has been the topic of of Clover High School of all things. Yeah, in that, does Clover want to stay in here in Region Three Five A and travel up here? Because I mean, we all know it's it's a headache to get to back and forth from Clover at this time. Um, or do they want to drop down in there with Gaffney and Boiling Springs and, and some of the upper yeah. Columbia schools? Somebody actually brought up this point, and, and it's something that I didn't think of at the time. And we talked about how long it takes to get from the town of Fort Mill to the, the fine uh, city of Clover. And, yes, it is a lot longer than it used to be, but it still doesn't include 85. And that's what one listener pointed out. I thought that was a good a good shout for sure because anytime you're putting a bus – of youngsters on on I eighty five, you do kind of hold your breath a little bit. It's a nightmare, uh, even if it's just to Gaffney. It's still well, especially in still Blacksburg, right. where that that exit's just all kind of crazy. You never know what's going to happen when you're trying to get yeah. on there, right? And so we talk about distance and that sort of thing, but you know, safety safety's paramount. And if you make the playoffs in any sport, especially here in the Upstate, you are most likely eventually going to have to tackle the, you know. 85 traffic, the 85 yep. construction, yep. sure. which apparently the state decided that they're never going to finish. Um, well, they've been working on it since I was born, and that was in 1974. Right. Well, that that's my point exactly. So I mean, it's, it's – it's, So the answer to your question is, are they ever going to – no. No, they're never going to no. finish it. They'll just move a barrel from one location to the next and then start Probably. digging more holes and laying more but it, you know, but, it, but it But the point holds true, though. Let's say, for example, you've got a, a T. O'Hanna, which is really good in almost everything. Right. Well, they're in Anderson County. That puts you on 85 unless you happen to be coming from Aiken or something. Unless so, you know a lot of back roads. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah. It, it's. Have to it, take 85. Yeah. It, it's so keep all that in the back of your mind and, and it'll come out. Um, it's just going to be. People, we're all going to have to wait and see. Uh, but just wanted to point those things out. We weren't. I don't think. I think it might have come across like we were demonizing the league. We're, it's not. Um they get a, a lot of stuff right. We don't always agree with some of their decisions when it comes to discipline and stuff like that. But um, I was reminded of this as well. Sometimes we don't have all the data points when a decision gets made, too. So, um, yeah, that's well, keep that in it back also of our goes mind. back to as transparent as you can be is more helpful to the public in general. Well, being transparent creates less questions. There you go. Um, now, it can also invite other questions. But at the same time, if you are transparent and that's all you have to say about it, less said the better in, in some instances, I would imagine. Um, so, but I, under, I understand the when when decisions get made and there's not a whole lot of explanation that goes with it, but I, can, I understand the frustration there for sure, yeah. I mean, any transparency, it's if you're a governing body of anything, whether it be 
you know, Little League through, you know, the Major League Baseball or whatever. The more transparent you can be. Granted, there may be questions, but if you put all your cards out there on the table as much as you can. Yeah. It, Some it, stuff they probably can't release. Right. It, it helps. Some laws or rules or something that prevent it. Yeah, I mean, especially if it's like a disciplinary something. Yeah. It comes to a kid playing or whatever, but something like this, it, it would also be beneficial and helpful, I would think, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, the one thing, I'll, I'll say this to, to kind of finish it up. The one thing I found interesting, though, is over half the feedback I received on what people's opinions were was um, they were kind of saying what we were saying about Region 35A and probably what it will look like. Um, that that was about half the people I heard from were like, hey, that, that probably makes the most sense and taking a clover out. Uh, so um, we'll have to wait and see. If there's a if there's a big and a little, if there's a middle in between, we'll have to just wait and see what the rest of everybody else. But um, Are there know. any dates that are the appeal process, I know, is soon, right? It's this month. I think the 18th and 19th, from what I've seen, has been set aside for appeals. But you obviously have to let them know that, hey, I want to appeal this. I think that's this coming week. Um, you have to let them know if you're going to appeal so they can schedule it along with other schools that may be appealing. And then the actual process or hearings or whatever, once they take it to the committee, is scheduled technically for the 18th and 19th. Now, I think that may be just the hearing process. Um, decisions may take a little bit longer, to, obviously, depending on how many schools actually appeal what they're appealing for reasons and so on and so forth. Hopefully by the end of the month, they'll have a list of, or at least mid-February, they'll have at least a list of regions, who's where, stuff like that. So. Yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It's not going to be easy on, on anybody until everything's kind of just lined up and we can all take a look at it. Has there been any kind of feedback at all about, Schools that are definitely appealing, schools that are definitely not appealing, schools that, or do we really know, as anybody really said? I mean, I think obviously the the, the big question is what's Catawba Ridge going to do? And I think it's still in the process, you know, as we're talking now, they're not even back in school. So, you know, school starts back on Monday the 8th, I yeah. think. So well, once that starts back, then they can start the process of deciding are we going to appeal? Is it worth it? Are we? Do we really have a chance to win? You know, because, I mean, it's like any other thing. If you don't feel like you have a chance to win, why put in forth all the effort to try to try to make an appeal? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, yeah. The, old, the old saying about fighting City Hall, I mean, it's not like it's an athletic competition where you go out there and, you know, may the best team win. You know, it's they have to judge whether they feel like they have a good case and go from there. And yeah, if they, that's, and if they do, then, then, you know, maybe they appeal if they feel like they'll be placated and, and not necessarily really heard. There's your word of the day, folks, placated. Placated. Um, if they feel like they won't really be heard and they'll just, you know, just give them lip service. The, the heavy, 
heavy hand of the law, yeah. so to speak. I mean, so, Even uh, not I mean, that's a decision they got to make. Yeah. And, and like yeah. we said last week, either way, I mean, they're CR gonna, is going to be if, five if they appeal, that uh, I think Coach Childress said this actually, but a lot of Tiberius people have said this. Even if they're not five A this go around, they're going to be next go around. Yeah. It'll be twenty twenty six. Yeah. So, so if not now, so. well, it's kind of like Indian Land is. Um, they've got nowhere but to go up in terms of enrollment because of everything that's being built down there. Until they get that new high school, I guess, in what's considered North Indian Land up by Ballantyne and up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, they're going to be 5A for sure. So what I've been hearing on the street is that they probably won't appeal because they know that they're going to have to get there eventually. So why not just jump in with both feet and, Bite the and see where we go? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty sure bowl. any land's not appealing. And even if or when that new school up in the Harrisburg area gets built, that may only bump them down to 4A. It if, could be if that. Yeah. If it could that, be yeah. like a, a four mil situation because yeah. it wasn't four mil, five, three, eight, four, and then four, then three, then four, then five. It could be one of those things where, you know, any land stays 5A and the new school is a 4A thing. Yeah. I mean, it just depends. I mean, I know they're, they're projecting 2,500 students for any land high school by 26. Wow. Certainly by 28, they'll be pushing – Three or four thousand. Well, at least probably close to twenty eight hundred. So Jeez. I mean, I, I, it's just you know people. There's nowhere else for them to go in Lancaster County in that area. I mean, unless you move to York County, then you're dealing with York County schools. You know, which, which might be the route they end up. Yeah. You, know, you know, we talked about growth coming down five twenty one going towards Lancaster, and Lancaster's growing some, but it's not growing leaps and bounds like Indian Land is. Yeah, and, and Bruins will stay 4A, and Andrew Jackson, I think, is still 2A. Still 2. So, Along with Beaufort. Yeah, it's 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 a top-heavy yeah. kind of thing, if you will. So um, that's for sure. But anyway, just wanted to, to clear those things up because I know we did get agitated. I know I got upset, but um, it, it's as long as it's – It's just too much pasta. It, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities, and there's not a lot of answers at the moment. But once we have the answers, then we can – kind of wrap our heads around it and see where we're that's at. That's why you got upset. It's too much pasta. Oh, possum. Yeah. I thought you said possibilities. Well, there's that and pasta. You had too much pasta the night oh, before. Oh, pasta. Agina. Your, uh, your Agina was And you had up. to explain your joke. I, I, th- you know, this audience here is just like... <laughs> is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> i tell you what is on right now, and that is Fort Mill basketball, because we're going to pivot off that really fast see before a fist there. fight pivot begins in this room. Um it was an extremely good week for Fort Mill basketball. We'll go ahead and jump in with that. Uh, we'll go on into uh, to Tuesday night uh, boys basketball over at Marvin Ridge. JV Jackets uh, trying to respond, um, or excuse me, not trying to respond, trying to stay undefeated. And the varsity boys team going in had won two straight uh, since the return of A.J. Washington. And, again, trying to avenge a loss from two years ago to Marvin Ridge at Marvin Ridge. The JV Jackets are undefeated no more. Uh, Marvin Ridge hit some big threes late in the fourth quarter and held on to win. I think the final was 57-55. So the JV Jackets have their first loss this season. The varsity boys uh, got going against the Ridge. And it started one way, and the game finished a totally different way. Uh, Brady Quinn for... Um, 
for Marvin Ridge, he was on fire in the first three to four minutes of that game. He was hitting all kinds of threes. If I remember correctly, I think he hit five threes in the first quarter. But he finished the game with 19. There was the difference. Fort Mill began to chip away and chip away and chip away. And once again for Fort Mill, another night, another set of, when you look at the score sheet, I should say, it's balanced scoring. Again, you go. there's not one guy that's got 25 and then a bunch of people have six and five and four. Um, it was very balanced scoring all the way around for Fort Mill, and, and they go on to beat uh, Marvin Ridge pretty handily. So that makes it three wins in a row for uh, the boys' uh, varsity team. So jump on and – and by the way, the varsity girls hadn't played since they beat Broome at the end of the of that tournament. But the Lady Jackets got into action back on Friday night in the Rock Hill Sports and Events Center as – the entire program, all five teams, took on the Lancaster Bruins. Ninth grade basketball did not have a great night. They had a lead early, and Coach Fody told me that they let that lead slip away. Uh, the The JV boys, uh, I think they came back with a vengeance. I'm pretty sure they won going away. The JV girls responded off their only loss of the year. That was against Northwestern before Christmas break. Uh, but they responded in a big way. They blew out Lancaster and that left the, the Lady Jacket varsity team and the varsity boys team. And uh, speaking of the Lady Jackets, you're going to hear an interview with Lady Jackets head coach Nathan Rubel uh, after we're done giving you all the updates of the uh, last week plus. So I uh, hope you'll stay around for that. It was a great interview with Coach, and uh, Nathan's a good guy. Um, so um, hopefully you'll stick around for when Keith asks a very controversial question about his cup. <laughs> but we'll let that be a mystery, so hold on to that. Uh, so, that's probably going to be a controversial topic in my household as well since oh, uh, great. She's, she's not very fond of the maize and uh, blue. Well, you know what? I'm going to say this. My heart says Michigan. My head says Washington. And it's a, it's an explosive thing on offense. I just wonder if Michael Penix – I mean, if I had to put because Michigan on it, has not faced a quarterback yet, not like no. Michael Penix. And if I had to put money on it, I'd put money on Michigan. But I'm pulling for uh, Washington. Washington. I about said Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm pulling for them too, yeah. even though they're not playing. <laughs> Go Badgers. Well, Penix that's came from Wisconsin, so oh, that's probably like, what well, no, he yeah. came. Uh, Indiana. Indiana. He transferred from right. Indiana, Indiana to yeah. Yeah. Indiana, Wisconsin. Same yeah. difference. I'm thinking of yeah. old Russ Wilson, Russell a uh, Moo yep. U grad, also. Yep. And then their quarterback this past year, Mordecai, was a transfer from SMU when Rhett Lashley took the over. Revolving SMU. door. This is another new ACC team, which makes another no sense. Another new ACC team. SMU, Cal, and Stanford just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, ACC West. The ACC West. I have no idea how this is going to go. No clue. And and I I actually, speaking of that, uh, being an IPTA member, they sent us the information, uh, got a real early look at who the home teams are next year for Clemson football. Uh, the Citadel, Appalachia State, um, Virginia, I think Miami is in there, and I think Stanford. So 7-0. and a At home? Yeah. Uh, with the schedule, with the slate, should be. Yeah. If, if, unless we fumble at the one or we decide <laughs> to pull the ball in a clearly obvious handoff-the-ball situation. You never no, know. Uh, you um, mean when you, will ha- it be- you have a receiver that doesn't check his line to make sure that he's on sides? Well, let me. T- speaking of that, did you see the Clemson commit in that All American game yesterday? This was his name, DJ Moore or something. Moore, kid showed out. 
he showed out. So you miss that kid with a Tyler Brown, Antonio Williams. Tiger offense could be going places, but we'll have to wait and see because how Clemson finished the year and how they started the year were two totally different animals. So that was the way North Carolina finished and started the year were two totally <laughs> yeah. different animals. So <laughs> Just um, the opposite way. It, it started with a win over the Gamecocks, and, and the end was – Well, and everybody had a win against the Gamecocks this year. So. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, Max over there like, why I'm me? Sitting, I'm sitting right here. I well, know, sitting but right I, there. Well, I, <laughs> sitting I, right there, yep. I, I send money to Columbia every year, so yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm Bless kind of heart. a Gamecock fan. <laughs> so how you about, support, are you still so, doing four mil? Pardon? Are you still doing four so mil? We're still doing four mil, oh, okay. so I want to talk about the varsity girls uh, game against Lancaster. Uh, these two teams did match up uh, several weeks ago, about a month ago. Four mil won that one uh, going away. Uh, Friday night, it kind of go off, got off to a pretty slow start for both teams. Uh, cold from the floor. There were turnovers. Uh, Fort Mill was finally able to hit a three. Uh, Reagan Reyes hit a three. Then Jada Chambliss hit a three. Fort Mill led 12 nothing at the end of the first quarter. I think that's the second time, I think, that Fort Mill varsity girls has shut an opponent out in a quarter. I think it's the first time I've ever seen that because it doesn't happen very often at all. The second quarter, Fort Mill outscored Lancaster 24-10 to to make it 34-10 to at the half. The final was 62 to 36. Uh, Julie Chambliss had seven. Uh, Jada Chambliss had 11. Five for Izzy Barber. 16 for Reagan Reyes. Uh, four for Ashley Kirby. Five for Colby Wolf. Four for Eliza Adams. Four for Claire Moore. Five for Kate Marker. One for Ella Marker. So Lady Jackets 14 and two on the year. Have mercy. And next game, first region game of the season at home in the friendly confines of the Rock Hill Sports and Events Center against the Blythewood Bengals. The Varsity Boys, having won three games in a row, well, they tried their luck at Coach Cawthon's team. Now, the last time these two teams tangled, Fort Mill led that game for about 30-something minutes and lost. And it was thanks to a certain guy named Jordan Watford. And Jordan Watford... That man again. Mama, there's that man again. This game, too, got off to a really slow start. It was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter. Now, I'm not talking football, but it seemed that way. Uh, just, again, kind of sloppy teams kind of feeling each other out a little bit. Um, not to mention there were players missing. Uh, Lancaster, the last time they played Fort Mill, Columbus Parker, he's since gotten hurt, and then a couple other guys yeah, were missing as well. Two out, yeah, two starters um, out for yep. Lancaster. And Fort Mill took full advantage as the Jackets outscored the Lancaster Bruins in the second period 23-6. to it was 45-33 at the end of the third period. Uh, Lancaster tried to make a bit of a run there in the fourth quarter, but Fort Mill was able to shut it down. The final 63-45. So the varsity jacket, the boys' varsity team has now won four games in a row that just happens to be the four games when A.J. Washington has been back in the squad. Coincidence? I asked the question. I don't know. 21 for A.J. on Friday night. 20 for Daryl Carrington, which I believe is a career high. Three for Keyshawn Anderson, Noss Berry with nine, four for Christian McCain, and then Logan Parker. Again, Logan Parker with only six points, but again, he didn't have to be the man. Um, that game basically in the second quarter, A.J. Washington scored 11 of his 21 in the second period alone. And so. I think Fort Mill shot 60% from three. They hit six of ten in the second quarter from three. In the three, second quarter, yep. Which is kind of wild. That That's the big separator right there. I mean – 
And in the art of fairness, Lancaster was getting some really good looks. They yeah. were getting second and third chances, uh, point-blank shots that just weren't going in. Frustration kind of sat in a little bit. Um, it's the first game I've been – that night between the varsity girls and the varsity boys, I don't know that I've ever seen this. There were three technical fouls called on one night. Um, all three were justified. I'm not saying that at all. It's just rarely do you see a tech, yeah, much less three – uh, in two games. I so. think it's hard playing over there for teams who aren't used to it, and not that Fort Mill's used to it, but they've played there more than a Lancaster or, you know, because it's like playing over Catawba Ridge. You don't have a solid wall. These are high school kids. They don't have yeah. a solid wall background. And and one end of the court, I mean, their, their bleachers stands on both ends of the courts, but one end of the court has a more open yeah. air yeah. thing. And I thought it's hilarious that every time a ball would go out of bounds or something and it'd go behind one of those curtains, and then yeah. the refs would have to go get the ball. I felt like every time they came back through with the ball, everybody should have just clapped. But, yeah, like an artist coming out for yeah, their, for yeah, their encore. Yeah, that was pretty funny, though. Yeah, exactly. That that had been pretty funny. And and the I, I'll give the officials a ton of credit. I thought they called great game, uh, girls game and boys game. Um, I thought it was really well done. Um, I know the varsity girls are undefeated in that building. Uh, so far this year I'm actually looking at the varsity boy no uh, varsity boys did lose one game um, as the Rock Hill Sports and Event Center as the home floor and that was against Catawba Ridge 62-51 but that that and a JV girls lost to Northwestern 22-20 I think that's maybe well, technically the ninth grade jackets technically they lost that at Nation Ford pardon didn't Fort Mill lose that at Nation Four? Oh, they did here. lose that at Nation Four. You're so they right. are undefeated there. You're right, because they beat South Point, they beat Christchurch. The Catawba Ridge victory was at Catawba Ridge. Then it was at South Point, at Northwestern, and they beat Christchurch. Then they beat yeah. Northwestern. So playing then, at NAFO that night, that that one weird Twilight right. Zone episode. You're right. So yeah, so the only teams that have lost in that building wearing the blue and gold is the the JV team, uh, JV JV girls, and then ninth grade boys. That's it. That's it. So a great week for for Fort Mill basketball, indeed. Uh, any updates on Fort Mill wrestling this past week? No, they didn't really do anything. Um, again, it's weird to the fact that school's still out. Um, so they were they had kind of an off week. I'm sure they practiced, but um, so. That being said, they didn't wrestle. They didn't have any duels. They didn't have any um, events. But they do open region this coming week. Hmm. So um, I do know they have Spring Valley on the road, a true road duel. And then they've got, um, let me see, they've got, I think, Blythewood and Clover uh, at home, technically, um, on uh Thursday the 11th. I don't know where that's at. Uh, normally it would be at the Hive at Fort Mill. But due to the gym uh, issue and still being under construction, I'm not sure where their quote-unquote home thing is. I would think it's probably going to be Clover. But don't hold me to that because, um, you know, I don't know for sure. But, again, Fort Mill Wrestling starts their region duels this week with uh, at Spring Valley on Tuesday the 9th, and then against Blythewood and Clover on Thursday the 11th. 
Gotcha. So we'll kind of pivot on that because I say I say who did have a pretty good week in the world of wrestling, and that was uh, Mr. Eubanks and the Catawba Ridge Copperheads. Um, have a night, young man. Yeah. Um, he for the past two days they've been wrestling at the Bearcat Invitational, which is a pretty tough tournament. Uh, Nation Ford and Catawba Ridge was there. It was a pretty tough tournament. Um, they had like 33 teams in. They had a girls' division and a boys' division, obviously. And Eubanks um, it's won his division, did not have a point scored on him the entire two days, and uh, won his 175-pound uh, weight class pretty. Wait a minute. Did you say that right? Yes. I Nobody said that right. scored a point on him. Correct. At all. At all. In the two-day Holy tournament. Smokes. I think it's maybe five or six matches he had. Um, did pretty well. There were other um, teams there. Or like I was saying, uh, NAFO was there. They did pretty well. Um, also, NAFO had a third-place finish from a friend of the show, Mitchell Latimus. Ladamus. So you see how oh, that. Unleashed Mrs. Latimus. Let Thomas let her at it. Let um, her at it. <laughs> then uh, Dalton Kurtzinger was uh, fifth at 144 pounds. Danny Gilsdorf and Jake Moore were eighth at 113 and 132, respectively. Um, Catawba Ridge, they finished 19th overall. They had a fourth place finish from Alex Johnson at 215. And then uh, we talked about Eubanks um, winning his weight class at one. 75 so pretty good week top ridge uh had a try match i think it's thursday they beat ashbrook from gaston county um and then lost to rock hill so uh they went one and one they're 15 and 10 dual record overall for the season so um and they should be getting back into their region or getting into their region stuff coming up here pretty soon so all all local wrestling teams should be doing that. They vote as well. So getting in the thick of things. Yep. Uh, speaking of getting to the middle of things, it's the middle of basketball season. How'd they do over at CR this uh, past week, boys and girls? Well, boys didn't play. They were supposed to play um, at South Point, North Carolina, but that did not happen. Uh, the girls played at South Point, North Carolina, and fell to um, South Point, North Carolina, 66-47, dropping them to now 2-13 um, and 13 on the season. That was about the only action that was happening over at Catawba Ridge in regards to basketball. South Point um, canceled their game with the boys. I guess they thought they were going to lose anyway, so they decided just, you know, go ahead and take the forfeit. But, no, I don't think it was a forfeit. It was more of a cancellation. I don't know if that'll be made up yet, but uh, probably not considering that they're getting ready. Catawba Ridge is getting ready to start their region schedule. The Copperheads will tip off at home on January 9th against South Point Rock Hill, South Point, South Carolina. And uh, that's going to be a tough game for the girls. It'll be a tough game for the boys, too, but um, they'll be starting their region 3-4A dance then. So, yeah, interesting. That that's that's important. South Point, the Red Raiders, the Red Raiders. They're they're a pretty tough bunch. So that would have been good to see. So yeah, 
unfortunately, you know, they didn't get to see live bullets, quote-unquote, as they say. So, but yeah, here we go, Region 3, 4A. Um, the gloves are off. Everybody, every man, woman, and child for themselves. And we'll see where they all land around Valentine's Day. Um Speaking of men who leave people out in the cold, Keith, we're going to move over to you. <clears throat> Love you, buddy. Oh, boy. See, I had to get a shot in there because I already had to, like, give you a congrats before. <laughs> it still kind of burns me up a little bit. Um, but but anyway, your beloved nation, Ford Falcons, did they have a good as weak as your North Carolina Tar Heels did? Some of them did and some of them didn't. Oh, and speaking of bad weeks, I'm going to throw this statistic out for all of you uh, Panther fans out there. The Panthers led for exactly zero minutes and zero seconds in the fourth quarter all season long, setting a new NFL record for futility. Uh, I can't imagine. Are you dead serious about that? Yeah, dead serious. And That's I, more zeros than the final le- levered, leveled against their owner. Yeah, so they they won two games, but they won them on last second kick. So they never led the that's game. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And so that's a new NFL record for um, both at stinkiness. Home yes. Yeah. Which means they're winless on the road. I can yeah. smell that from here. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Nine nothing was the score. I I turned it. The FCS national championship football game was on. I changed it. Yeah, well, I, it got to be three nothing, six nothing box. I'm like, uh, it's not going anywhere. And then when you um, uh, fumble the ball in the end zone, and then you have a guy that's uh, offsides on offense on another touchdown run. You knew they weren't scoring. So anyway, I digress. Be that kind of day. Let's sure. get back to some more pleasant things like York County, actually Fort Mill specifically area athletics. Uh, Nation Ford's ninth grade boys were in action this week. They played Tuesday against Marvin Ridge, forty six thirty one loss, and there's really nothing to be ashamed about. Marvin Ridge has got a pretty solid program. Over there, the JV boys only played once as well, and they went to East Mech on Friday night and came away with a 68-58 win over the East Mech Eagles. JV girls basketball, they actually did play twice, and unfortunately they went 0 for 2, losing 36-19 to against Marvin Ridge at home on Tuesday night. Friday night, losing a tight one at East Mech, 21-17. Moving on to the varsity girls and Coach Kelly Bennett's squad, they're continuing to improve over the course of the season. 10-5 and five record so far this season, which is uh, better than last season, I believe. And unfortunately, on Tuesday, they ran into one of, if you're familiar with the Charlotte Observer's Sweet 16, Marvin Ridge's girls are ranked, I believe, in the top five in this week's poll. So the Falcons had a tall task at hand to contain the Mavericks there, and they did end up losing 70-39 to Araya Hurd with 17 points in that game. And then they turned around and bounced back on Friday night, went to a Southwestern 4A school at East Mecklenburg on Friday night and came away with a 56-38 win. So 10-5 and on the season. This week they host Clover on Tuesday night, so you want to talk about taking a big bite out of uh, Region 35A. That's the way to do it. And then if it weren't hard enough, they have to travel to Blythewood on Friday. Ooh. Varsity boys also had uh, had a an average week, I guess is what you would say. They are now seven and eight on the season. On Tuesday night, they defeated Marvin Ridge fifty-seven to fifty-two. Jackson Burnham with twenty-one and Caden Giles with twelve. 
And then on Friday night, they went to East Mecklenburg and lost a tough one, 64-55. to And, again, dropping them to 7-8 and on the season. And then they get to jump into the Monster Region 3-5A again this week, uh, following the girls by playing at home on Tuesday night against Clover. And then Friday night traveling down to the Columbia area and playing at the Blythewood Bengals. So some... Fun stuff coming up now that we're finally in region play. So all of the, um, what do you want to call those, uh, the preliminaries are now over with, and we can start getting into some yeah, league that, play that to see where it shakes down. Part of your schedule, which hopefully has built you into a machine to get through, because it doesn't matter which three schools, what are the school, we're talking about. It's 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 going to be every night. Like Coach, we're about to talk to Coach Rubel and something he said. Anybody can leave anybody on any given night, boys or girls. And that I think that's what it's going to end up being. Uh, maybe I think a top bridge might get – I mean, they're going to handle, I think, York and, and things like that. But when you're taking on a South Point, when you're taking on a Lancaster, um, you know, because the 4 mil Lancaster, that Lancaster team that played 4 mil Friday night, a couple of those cats will be back. Should so be. It should be back. So that, that could make a difference. It might not. We'll have to wait and see. But – well, um, yeah, there's never a night off in this region. No, there so isn't. It's, um, no, it's all about now, and this is your resume now is what gets you into the postseason. So, so unfortunately, like, they've all three schools have had relatively tough schedules, so yeah. uh, they should be battle tested for the region anyway. So yeah. it's like Tuesday, Friday for the next month. Right, next month. Yeah, yep. till about yeah, till that what last week of the season, last week and a half, give or take. So, um, but yeah, it'll be a great week. Hope y'all can get out. And see these wonderful teams are putting on quite a show, uh, winning basketball, but they're doing it in entertaining style. It's definitely not dull. I mean, there's a lot of action, a lot of stuff going up and down. Uh, you don't even have to really be a big fan of basketball to enjoy uh, the kind of show they're putting on. So get out there and support these teams. Plus, it's cold outside, and Tuesday is going to be raining. So what better thing than to go see an indoor sport? Especially right? in a really hot gym, which is how they are around here. A really hot gym. Not at Fort Mill anymore. No, no. Dude, a lot of people freezing. haven't felt it because of what happened, but they they fixed the central air system between the wrestling room, the main gym, and the ox gym. It's actually incredibly comfortable. It's borderline wow. cold. It was a wow. and I mean marker. that's being really nitpicky, but it, it's nice. <laughs> you walk in there. I can the stand in there now for more than three minutes without center. sweating. Well, I won't complain about that. It's a meat locker to Rock Hill Event Center. It was freezing Friday night. You know it. When we fir- when I first walk in, I feel I I feel that I see what you're talking about, but once you're down on that floor underneath those lights, and then more humanity comes into the building, and then more and more, by the probably third quarter of the girls' game, I- I'm toasty. I'm in the boys' game. It just gets that much uh, more uncomfortable. Well, you but sweat easily. I've noticed. So I. You sweat easily. I've noticed. Yes, I do. Yeah, and I'll tell you exactly why that is. It's it's two of the medications that I'm on cause that when they get mixed together, people that take them, most of them, the side effects are you get really hot and stay hot very easily, and you tend to sweat more. Well, um, that's I, why I'm wearing literally just a hoodie, and it's a thirty degrees outside. Well, I know, just like sitting on the concrete, like under the basket, shooting photos and stuff. Yeah, you know, after your butt goes numb and you get, hmm. you know, it goes cold, you just you know yeah it, it's yeah it stays cold it stays cold it i know but i'll say this um shooting in the rock hill sports and event center 
they've they've gotten used to it, right? It's a different depth perception, but they've gotten used to it, and um, they're playing pretty well. So um, it, it's been nice to ha- to have a home. Um, it's it's a really nice place, actually. Do they ever practice a lot over of people. there? Huh? Do they ever practice over there? Yeah, they have. Um, I know initially before yeah. the season started, they practiced a little bit, but I didn't yeah. know now that season starts. I mean, it's still a haul to get over there if you're – you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, I know early on they did. I know there was some, you know, middle schools and stuff like that involved and that sort of thing. But, yeah, the Rockville Sports and Event Center has really stepped up um, because it would have been really easy just to say, hey, no, no, not our problem. Uh, but they didn't do that. Um, so I think there's only been one date that was that was booked for something else. And, hey, if, if that's the only conflict you have for yeah. basically three that's months, good luck that's there. pretty yeah, good. They've been, they've been pretty very good cordial and, and i'll say this from my uh conversations uh with them were early on and there haven't been any conversations since because things have just they've gone swimmingly well from my standpoint and um they're very friendly you walk into the place people that work there they're always asking you how you doing and they'll stop and say hello and welcome me and that sort of thing so um but i mean it i'm not going to sit here and lie to you it'd be nice to get back in the hive i mean the ox gym is back open so some of the teams are back in there practicing um so that is nice um but the floor you know there hadn't been painted and all that stuff so it's still going to be a minute um i mean if i had to just take a guess i'd say probably february but that's just a guess i don't know anything hopefully by the end of the season they'll be able to the way things are going looks like obviously knock on wood both fort mill teams will make the playoffs so knock on wood hopefully they'll be able to play playoff games at a traditional well the the one hope sincere hope that i have is that there's at least one home game in the regular season for boys and girls so those seniors can get a proper send-off even if it isn't to the playoffs so they can walk on their home floor one more time when is technically senior night have they scheduled that um i'm sure the coaches have designated when that is i they might be waiting to see if that's going to happen you know what i'm saying well they might be you know, I say that they could be in a wait and see mode as well because they're going to wait and see. Say, hey, okay, if it's still in Rock Hill, then it might be this. Okay, but if it's not, it's going to. You see, what I'm saying it might change d- depending upon how that that two weeks in February goes. So, and that would be nice if, like you said, they could have their senior yeah, night. I mean, for the kids. I mean, that's home in Fort Mill. They they didn't do anything to deserve any of this that's been thrown at them. And um, when you really think about it from that standpoint, the fact that you combine all five teams together and the total loss count is I think 10 or 11. And the fact that they haven't really had any home games really in their own building. Um, to me, that says a lot about the players. It says a lot about the coaches. Uh, Cause it would have been real easy to use that as a crutch as hey, we're not doing very well, but nobody's saying that these teams are playing some really good basketball. So, uh, but it's meat and potatoes time. It, it only gets harder from here, so it, it's go time, boys. Really excited. So um, I am going out of town. I don't know if I'll be back, but hopefully keep the bat lines open and I'll be back in time and we can do another program next Sunday night. But that's all I've got. Nothing? No. That's all i got. Anybody? No. Okay. Crickets. My brain's on tilt, so I doubt I have anything else either. Well, I, I heard that, man. It's Sunday night, so um, – I'm going to go home and watch the last Sunday football night in America of the season, the NFL 
stops today, uh, the No Fun League. Um, Speaking of, so last week, a lot of Dolphins fans were talking beating their chests before playing the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they How'd were doing that a lot work of squawking. Out? Yeah, not How'd that too go? good. This should be an interesting game between Buffalo and Miami tonight. Well, all I will simply, you know, you guys know how I love the stats. All I will simply point out, did you say emo? Is Miami's record against teams that are five hundred or better? One in whatever. I think it's it is. one in five yeah. or one in four. That tells you kind of all you need to know. Yep. And I'll also say this: they're a different beast when they're in South Florida. Right. When they're at home. They're they're different. Well, my um, brother-in-laws that, are down there. On that surface against Baltimore. Yeah. And Baltimore, you know, you can hate on Lamar Jackson. You can hate on the Baltimore Ravens. But if you take off your your hat or whatever team you pull for and just look at it from a football standpoint. They're pretty good. It, they are pretty good. But I'll go back to one stat that, that is haunting, or daunting, I should say. Well, haunting and daunting is Lamar Jackson doesn't do well in the postseason. Right. I mean, bowl game well, against like Louisville, he got, they got donkey Dallas. stomped in the Las Vegas Bowl in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the NFL, Baltimore, they've been 13-3 and before, and they they got a bye in the first round and then lost at home. Go. So we've kind of seen this before. Is this a different Ravens team, or is this just the same old song and dance, just a different year? Was he even playing? Tonight? He did not play he, they yesterday, yesterday against yeah. the Pittsburgh That's Steelers. Right. And that game, that was an ugly game in very bad conditions. Yeah, that was it, hard. I mean, it was 30-mile-an-hour winds. It was raining It was raining heavily. sideways. Were even those Nike Stormfit, like the rain, the waterproof jackets, it They're was just soaked. It looked sheen. It, yeah. You thought it was Charlie or Martin. something playing with the camera, but it was it was rough. Charlie Martin? Charlie Sheen? Martin Sheen? Sheen? Sheen. sheen. I see what sheen. you did there. Sheen. There yeah, sheen. Sheen, sheen. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I think Pittsburgh won that game. It doesn't matter because right. the Jags lost today. So, I think the Steelers and the Bills are right. in despite what happens tonight against the Dolphins. Right. It should be. Uh, it should still be a good game because the Dolphins haven't won the East in, I mean, probably since I was in diapers, it seems like. So, yeah. I know they've got something to prove. Uh, one of my brothers-in-law is at that game tonight. And uh, I know he's he's been a long, lifelong Dolphins fan. So good luck to him. Uh, my father-in-law, who's a lifelong Baltimore fan, he's no longer a Colts fan, but likes the Ravens. Still the Baltimore and he is thing. convinced yep. that the Browns are going to go into Baltimore and stomp them. So, it's well, possible. I, you look at what Kevin Stefanski did this year. Yeah. They took it on a chin today, but they took on a Cincinnati Bengals team that um, it, it Cleveland angry. Cleveland has done this basically without Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Right. They've done this with Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback and Joe Flacco. I should tell you the job Coach Stefanski's done. That's amazing. Yeah. There are some teams in this league <clears throat> who have their quote-unquote franchise quarterback and came up well short of 11-6. and six. Roll Tide. Um, there's one right up the street here, matter of fact. The Panthers are in line for the first pick in the draft. My wife tried to make me feel better. She goes, but, honey, they've got the first pick in the draft. And I'm like, yeah, because they've done so well in the draft over the years. Well, I don't think well, they and do. Well, it goes to Chicago to anyway. It goes to Chicago. Does it, yeah. it goes to Chicago because of the Bryce Young deal. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. So, that makes it even worse. Yeah, we so don't have Chicago, a pick the third round, I think. See, I that's – uh, It's um, 
we always talk about we need a new this, that, and the other. I saw this, was it yesterday, day before, it came across from Bleacher Report that David Tepper is thinking about firing the GM to get a quote-unquote clean slate. And my first thought was, can you just go ahead and sell the franchise and we can get a true clean slate? Hey, at least we don't have that, an owner that throws drinks on people. Oh, wait a minute. Never I mean, because you really, I'm wondering, I'm asking the question, can you really hang all these decisions on the general manager? Yeah, I, name, I know his name's on the door, but are you going to tell me that there wasn't some kind of Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones things going on in here? Well, Come with on, the, this draft pick, apparently there was. That's I've heard that his wife is the one that said Bryce Young is the guy. And, well. I mean, the, he still may be the he guy. He might but be. I, I will say this. I, I had a football uh, broadcast buddy of mine made a great point in that. He said, now, in all fairness, if you look at how poorly Ohio State quarterbacks have done the last 10 years versus Alabama quarterbacks, there's an argument to say, hey, Panthers did make the right decision because of the system they were in and how successful they were. Now, I think Mac Jones is the only one that had a hard time from Alabama. Um, But you look at the litany of Ohio State quarterbacks. Yep. Until this year. Um, I could argue that the best quarterback they've had in the last 10 years was Joe Burrow, and they let him walk. Yep. So, yep. Um, and, and I'm not hating on Ohio State. I'm just saying right. the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, absolutely. It just is what it is. Well, so We got pudding. Pudding? You would like that, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. I would. I'm hungry. Yeah, I he's going to go make him a sandwich. So Captain uh, Steve's tonight, I think. Captain Steve's. I like the uh, way you, you think. you I'm going. <laughs> Little old bay. I like it. So, all right. Well, you we, – That'll do it for us this week. Uh, hang on. We're going to talk to Coach Rubel here in just a second. Uh, the head girls basketball coach at Fort Mill. I'll spit it out eventually. <laughs> uh, just a, a warning. There are some spring sports that are getting started tomorrow on Monday. Uh, baseball is one of them. So uh, some schedules are going to change and that sort of thing. But we're still going to try to do our best to make sure we get all the hoops and wrestling coverage uh, that is out there. So uh, we'll see you crazy kids next week. But before – we leave you. Here's a coach. Here's a coach. Here's a coach. Here's a coach. Why don't you take it away, Matt? Because apparently my brain stopped working. Apparently. All right. So, that being said, um, Coach Rubel, would like to introduce Coach Rubel to uh, our uh, crowded studio here. And um, we'll let him take it away and start talking about uh, what he knows best with basketball. So, without further ado, here is Coach Nathan Rubel. Here with Fort Mill. Uh, Ladies head basketball coach Nathan Rubel and uh, Coach Rubel, welcome. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, just thinking back to when I played in high school, it was always uh, great to pick up a newspaper the next day and be able to see that your team had been covered. So uh, thanks for having me and thank you for uh, supporting the teams around here the way that you guys do. Really appreciate it. We appreciate that very much. Uh, Mac, between the Mac, the cook and this thing over here we try to cover as much as we possibly can we don't sometimes we miss one or two but we just certainly do try like a bad band the mac the cook and this thing over yeah, here. yeah this thing over here yeah yeah that last part really got your attention didn't yeah. it yeah okay we got to keep our g rating so coach um not to put any pressure on you whatsoever <laughs> but do you realize you've already won more games this year than you did last year and we did the year before, and it's actually so far, quote, knock on wood, 15 and 11 was the record in 2018. 17 and 8 is the best record in the last 25 years. And your record this year, 13 and 2? 14. 
Fourteen and two. 14. So, what say you to that? What does that tell you? Uh, I was fortunate enough that uh, I was able to be an assistant under Coach Clippa, and uh, working with her, and she had the program swinging in the right direction. And uh, fortunately for me, she had her third child under two and had to step away from the program, and I was fortunate enough to be in a position where I could step in and continue that progress that she was working with. Um, but aside from that, we have some great athletes. We have some great basketball players, and, and the girls are just working really hard right now, and they enjoy being around each other. I'll actually I'll say here, here to that, because Heather Clippa, there was a youth movement and some change, and Heather grabbed that by the horns and really turned the culture a little bit, and uh, you basically, it looks to me like the principles, the basketball principles, is not exactly the same because every coach is a little different, but in and of itself the same. Yes. Uh, uh, coach Clip is a great, great b basketball coach. Hopefully she's able to find a way to get back into it uh, down the line. Uh, she has a little bit uh, different personality than I do when coaching, but our uh, end goal is the same and our expectation for the girls are the same and uh, I was just fortunate enough that I was able to step into a program that was uh, headed in the right direction when I was able to get the lead. It, well it, it also is different the fact that you're like eight feet tall um, as well so uh, that, that's also <laughs> these high school girls are like five four you know <laughs> so he's sitting down in the chair he's almost as tall as they are but um, no I'm giving you a hard time but that what you've done this year with a group that last year there were a lot of games where you were just right there, a play here, a play there. So you look at the final record last year, it's deceiving in and of itself. Because there was a lot of young people that still had to get some playing time and, and kind of cut their teeth uh, off to uh, – Kate Marker comes to mind immediately. She started a good bit at, as a freshman. So she was a cog in the wheel this year. So you, you only have three seniors. Um, you have Ashley Kirby, Reagan Reyes, um, and Ella Marker. Now, two of those are, are starters, so you, f you feel like, let's fast forward a year, you're still in really good shape from a basketball perspective. Yeah, our program is in uh, really good shape right now. Uh, we're able to have a lot of contributing members, even uh, we have Kobe Wolf, who's a freshman, who's contributing on the varsity team, and then our JV team has always been extremely competitive, if not uh, one of the best teams in the area. So our, our program is in a really good spot right now. And then our uh, middle schools that um, feed our program, uh, the coaches are doing a great job um, getting the girls ready to come for high school basketball. And then my last question basketball-wise is Region 3-5A. We're going to start with Blythewood and then play Rock Hill this coming week at home. It's a double two-sided question. One, is the goal to protect home – court and then maybe steal one or two on the road and then the second part of that question is you look at a spring valley as good as they are with basically a 500 record but a really ridiculously hard schedule Blythewood's good uh we all know cousin kenny over rock hill they've got a great team clover it goes on and on and on the second part of that question is does it kind of look like a college syllabus where you almost want to throw up everywhere by just reading it because it looks so daunting uh well, we're fortunate enough that uh, we get to start playing playoff caliber basketball Tuesday. Uh, we don't have to wait till February to start playing every single team in our region. 
is on any given night could win and that that just makes it a lot of fun for those that want to compete and our girls have put themselves in a position where they believe in themselves and they're ready to come out and compete uh, compete every night and with our goal is to compete for a region championship this year do you approach granted you just went 14 and 2 in the non-region did you switch anything up change anything tweak anything from your style or game plan going into the region versus when you were you know oh and oh starting the season off yeah there's some teams in our region that pose different problems for us uh there's some teams that are a little bit faster than we are uh there's some teams that are a little bit bigger than we are uh we are fortunate enough that we have the ability to kind of uh, adapt a little bit and we can play a bigger lineup and we can play a faster lineup depending on the situation uh, so depending we definitely game plan for each team and we will pick and choose which sets we run on offense and we will pick and choose what defense we run based on the team that we're playing even when you have uh, <clears throat> struggle shooting the basketball and every basketball team known to man has had trouble shooting the basketball from time to time uh, my Clemson Tigers were one for 17 and a loss to Keith's North Carolina. So congratulations, my friend. Thank I'll you. go ahead and take my medicine now. But one for 17, there's bad and then there's that. Where I'm going with it is a bad shooting start against Lancaster, but yet that didn't slow you all down a whole lot. At one point, I think there was maybe two minutes left in the first quarter. It was nine nothing. Um, but then a shot went in, another shot goes in, and then it becomes contagious and y'all took off from there. Um, when you have situations like that where you go cold, to me what keeps you in that game is that suffocating defense that never seems to run out of gas. Yeah, the girls have really bought in uh, to our couple of defenses that we run. Uh, they're getting pretty efficient at our rotations, and it's, it just does pose a problem for other teams to sometimes even get a look at the basket. Uh, Yep, and then we have we do have some times where we start a little bit slow, but um, we have shooters all over the court. We have post players that can score inside, and we have a number of girls that I'm confident that if they're open and they get a look at the basket, it's going in. All right, let's get to the fun stuff, the really hard-hitting questions, the really deep things that people really want to know. Where are you from? <clears throat> Originally, I'm from Harbor Beach, Michigan. Went to high school there. A uh, little bit different than Fort Mill. Uh, there was 2,000 people that lived in the city limits. Um, and while I was there, I was fortunate enough to play uh, football and basketball starting as a at, at foot, varsity football and varsity basketball as a sophomore. And uh, from there, I was able to get a scholarship to play basketball and football at Fair State University, which is a Division II college. Uh, in the middle of Michigan. Um, and for those of you that watch uh, college football, Division II, um, Ferris had won the previously had won the last two national championships for Division II. And four years ago, the basketball team won the national championship. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good athletic De program. Death taxes and Ferris State's in the <laughs> right. football playoffs is usually how, how that goes to Division II. So. But yeah, so. So a small-town guy from the great state of Michigan, yet you find yourself sitting in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Tell us about how that journey went and ebbs and flows. Uh, after college, I got a 
uh, engineering position at uh, Holland Engineering and did that for a while and uh, just wasn't happy with what I was doing. Um, so I went back to school to get a teaching uh, certificate and uh, got a job in southwest Michigan for three years. Uh, at that point, I met my now wife, uh, Neela Rao. Uh, she's a doctor at the Fort Mill Center office. And really, that's what ended up bringing me to South Carolina. She got a great job opportunity uh, that we couldn't pass up. So uh, that's why we made the move. So how do you go from engineering? What kind of engineering? Uh, survey engineering, uh, land development, uh, natural gas pipeline, things like that. So obviously, that's probably going to pay more than a teaching gig. So how, what made you go into teaching versus another path after engineering? Uh I was, uh, at that time in my career, I was getting to work before the sun came up and I was getting home after the sun came up or went down. And, uh, although, you know, I was, was able to do some things like, um, help design some roads and some natural gas pipelines and things like that, uh, it just wasn't fulfilling. And you can't, you can't always put a dollar figure on hey, I come to work every day, it's a passion. This is what I was born to do. This is what I want to do. Big difference between, you can get paid a million dollars, be in a job you hate and be a miserable person, but you find yourself teaching, but does it inside, does it feel like you're giving back in a way as well to all of those that kind of helped you along when you were growing up? Yeah, uh, uh, as far back as I can remember, um, my dad was a uh, was my high school basketball coach and he w he was actually my sixth grade basketball coach as well uh but as far back as i can remember my earliest memories are going up to the gym and spending time even at the practices he was coaching running around on the sidelines uh and then i was fortunate enough to have great basketball coaches great football coaches uh that just made it a really positive um experience for me gave me the opportunity to go to college um, with, with a scholarship. Uh, another great five years that I got to spend at Ferris State University playing basketball and football. And one, I maybe took it for granted a little bit and didn't realize how important it was to me until I actually got to that nine to five job or that actually like six to six job and just realized that uh, this isn't what I wanna do for the rest of my life. Did you hear that, Keith? Six oh, to six. That's basically what I do. I'm I'm almost a twelve hour a guy. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, between Wells Fargo and 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 coaching. Well, it, if you add the crazy. coaching, that's a sixteen hour day. Sixteen though. hour day. So, yeah, don't don't envy that at all. So, so the coaching thing. When you first delved into coaching, did it seem to just come natural to you because of your dad and and kind of having that in the household a little bit? Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, also, I was, I was really fortunate to be in the position that I was in. Um, when I went back to school, uh, I was able to get hired as a freshman head basketball coach uh, under one of my best friends now, Mitch Cummings, who was a, a great football coach, a great leader. And then uh, I was also able to be um, the J girls JV basketball coach that same year under a great Another great coach, who uh, Don Thompson, who coached at Big Rapids High School for the varsity program, and then was actually uh, the softball ended up being the softball head coach for a number of years at Fair State University as well. Um, so not only did I have 
uh, great coaches throughout my um, playing experience, uh, but also when I first got my opportunity to be ahead of a program or head of a team, uh, I had great people to lean on and ask questions and, and learn from. So you, you mentioned meeting your, your, your lovely bride. Uh, how many kids you have now? Uh, we have two. Uh, Kean is about two and a half, and AJ is not quite one yet. AJ, which stands for? Aiden James. I like it. I like it. So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. You have two children, two and a half and under, and a wife, and you're a head basketball coach? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, God bless her and every woman like her. I mean, I know mine loves when man. I'm out of the house. Yeah, and well. My, my youngest is going to be 24 this year. So. <laughs> well, I think the difference is I think I, I'm, well, I'm going on a limb here. I'm assuming that I think uh, Rubel's wife still likes him. I think that right. might yeah. be a little. <laughs> I would assume so. I mean, our wives, we're just, yeah. oh, they're not here? Praise God. You yes. know, it's that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um, but <laughs> sorry, we get off track a little bit. We're easily distracted. How do you find time to sleep in all that? Because teaching is not just when the 840 bell rings to 340 either. It, it can, between grading papers and, and setting up studies and what you're going to do the next day and all that stuff, sometimes that job can get really long hours as well. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, my wife is extremely uh, patient and understanding. Um, basketball season does uh, provide with some additional stress when it comes to scheduling and uh, taking care of the kids. So I do really appreciate her giving me the opportunity to uh, be out of the house as much as I am during basketball season. Uh, Fortunately for, as far as the school portion is concerned, uh, this is my fifth year at Fort Mill uh, coaching and basic or teaching. And I've taught geometry and algebra two the whole time. So um, I only have to make small adjustments for each lesson. I don't, I don't have to create a whole new lesson every time that I teach the class. So, so that has also been helpful as well. So I guess being an engineer, the math route was made the most sense. Is that pretty much how you pursued things after getting out of engineering, the math portion of it? Yeah, just, uh, that's, that's what made most sense to me, uh, as, as, you're, as I was looking into teaching, um, I thought, what you know, what would be the most fun, uh, provide the most opportunity, and be the most helpful for um, students going forward. And uh, a strong math back background will give you a lot of opportunities to to pursue different different careers. That's that's definitely for sure. So, so the young family and and the wife and here but but there's no other family that that's here right they're all in michigan and, and whatnot you don't have any other uh my my brother actually lives in belmont north carolina and okay. he he has a uh, his wife and and three kids and then my sister lives in huntersville north carolina and she has uh her husband and two two boys so did they all follow y'all down or y'all come first or you kind of follow them <laughs> down or uh my brother and his wife in Belmont, they're uh, optometrists, and um, there's only a few states that offer um, vision coverage, or at the time when they moved down, offered vision coverage uh, through your employer. 
and uh, Michigan and North Carolina are were like the top two states as far as uh, leaders in the field or in the profession of optometry. So they were deciding if they wanted to start their business in Michigan or they wanted to start their business business in North Carolina. And uh, Michigan has four optometry schools and almost everybody that goes to optometry school in Michigan wants to stay in Michigan. So they decided to move. Uh, I think they did that about uh, 15 years ago. And my brother-in-law is an optometrist in, in Ohio and we're trying to convince them to come down. My wife's from near Columbus and Dayton. And so she moved down we were expecting the rest of them to, and they haven't yet. So, but he does work for my eye doctor, which is right down 160, and uh, he sold his own practice. So I, I guess maybe Ohio and this area are probably similar to how Michigan warmer. is. Yeah, I can't yeah. see so good <laughs> because of him. But I see S E A or S E E. One of those two words. I don't do words either. Um, <laughs> Max over there, like, oh my gosh. So, so it's interesting. So the siblings, you're South Carolina there in North Carolina, but yet all those folks in Michigan see how nice and sunny it is and y'all wearing just long sleeve t-shirts in the middle of December. And that doesn't seem to, Hey, we're missing out here. Uh, I have one, one more brother and my parents still live in Michigan. Um, I think, I think my, my brother's wife especially wants to move to warmer weather, uh, but they have three kids in high school. So I think they're, they're going to be a little bit patient and wait, wait till, uh, they get there to experience their high school there and then make a decision after that. And I think my dad's still coaching basketball and co- still coaching football. So uh, he's going to have to retire from that before he decides to make a move as well. So does he, granted where he's at versus where you're at, does he ever get a chance to maybe watch some of your games? or, or I mean, do you guys run ideas off each other, things like that? Uh, absolutely, um, especially with um, – the network, and uh, NFHSA network and uh, huddle, um, you don't you don't have to necessarily be in the gym anymore to see it. So we've we've been able to watch each other's games. Um, they're actually going to be here on Friday because they have a they have a bye week Friday and then they have the holiday on Monday. So uh, my parents will be uh, at the Rock Hill game, and then um, absolutely um, if we are when we're in the same room, especially, uh, in the TV's on, usually it's, we're either watching football or basketball, um, talking about that play or that defense or how that shot got up. Uh, if we are, uh, out to dinner and we're just talking and, uh, we'll get out the salt shakers while we're waiting for our meal to come and, um, set up some plays on the table and <laughs> run, run through that. And, Drawing um, stuff on napkins. Yeah, draw stuff on napkins and talk about uh, different different situations that we we encountered. And um, if we, you know, if I have a difficult situation that I run into, whether it's, uh, you know, um, maybe not even X's and O's, maybe it has to do something with a player or a player and a parent or something like that, uh, he'll be the first person that I'm getting, uh, asking for feedback from. So how long has he been in education and teaching and coaching? Uh, he is not in education. Um, he He's the uh, city planner and the parks and rec director for the town that I grew up in. Um, but he has been coaching. Oh, man, i got to do some math now. 
Well, he just. What is what you do? Yeah. So. I I don't know the exact amount. Um, I do know that he just got his fourth four hundredth win last year in basketball, um, and he he is in the uh, Michigan coaching uh, Hall of Fame as of last year, and uh, he's been the defensive coordinator. So man, I'm I'm old now, forty two. So he's been the defensive coordinator for uh for Harbor Beach High School for the past twenty four years and he's been coaching basketball for a lot longer than that. Wow. Wow. Hall of Fame. Over four hundred holy smokes. That's pretty good. That's that's pretty good. And no no matter how you slice it, um that, that wow. You gotta coach a long time and be really successful for get four hundred wins. I mean I it Excuse the expression, but if you do the math and you just say, okay, you know, 20 a year, you still got to win 20 games a year for 20 years. And 20 wins, 20 wins is really hard to get to unless they, you play a gazillion games, which I, I can't imagine they yeah, would be different than down here. You but even down here, you play, what, 26? That includes Yeah, if you get to 30, if you get to 30 games played, I think you just played for the state championship. Right. That's pretty, yeah, so, yeah that's so what I was thinking, too. 30 is the magic still, number. Yeah. And uh, uh, when I was playing up until a couple years ago, uh, the regular season for Michigan was capped at 20 games. Wow. Which makes it even more impressive because – You have to win them all to get 20 a year, goal. right? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's amazing, man. That's um, – you see yourself in a Hall of Fame one day? Oh, man, that – that's too far down the road. Oh, it's not I can't. That far. I can't no, the see that far. The way things are going this year, the way I mean, that you, yeah, keep, you, know. you keep going down this path, right? <laughs> well, uh, I, I would. I would love to say that it's coaching, but um, we we just have a really like this is a this is just a really great group of girls. Um, they're working their tails off, and on top of that, they're fun to be around. And on top of that, they they can play basketball a little bit as well. So um, this year especially is just, you know, just a special year right now for Fort Mill girls basketball. And uh, I'm fortunate, fortunate enough that I get to be the coach. I'll give you a ton of credit. I've, I've watched you a lot, especially during timeouts, even when I'm on the air. I'm, I'm trying to learn what I can and hearing what you're saying, hearing how you're saying it in different situations. And it seems like you've got a pretty good grasp on this group from the standpoint of knowing when to – hey, this is a teaching moment here, and it's a more strategic thing versus a, hey, keep playing here, by relax, to we got to light some people up here. And and that's that sounds elementary, but as a coach, you got to be really good at very specific, pick specific times to do certain things. Otherwise, you could lose a group. But it seems like you've got a pretty good handle on this group. Yeah. Uh, well, fortunately for me, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of times where I had to light a fire under him. Um, it, at any time we, you know, go, go back and review film or, uh, you know, take a look at some of the mistakes we make. Rarely is it a mistake because of effort. You know, it's a, it's a mistake because uh, they ran something that we haven't seen or um, trying to make a play that probably we should have been a little more patient. Uh, but rarely especially this season has it been a situation where it's where it's been come down to just not not having great effort talk to me a little bit about i guess it seems like as each game there's no one particular player that stands out i mean 
one game you got Claire doing a lot in regards to scoring. Another game it's Reagan, then maybe Jada, stuff like that. Um, but they all seem to mesh well together. Tell me a little bit about the chemistry and, and how they're able to mesh well together. Uh, that has, you know, again, I'm just kind of fortunate that it's just a, it's just a great group of girls that are all really pulling for each other. Um, and, and that kind of goes to the, the depth of our team right now. I think at this point we've had eight different girls be our leading scorer for a game. Uh, and so, and, and not only that, when, when it's, when it was that girl's turn to be the leading scorer, everybody's happy for her. No, there's nobody uh, pouting. I didn't. I didn't get my shots. I didn't get my opportunities. Uh, everybody on this team is really happy to see everybody else succeed. And um, I can, you know, sometimes I'm focused on the game, and I'm I'm just, you know, ready for the next play after we make a great play. But when I get a chance to uh, sit back down and and watch on huddle, and you can see our bench and everybody's jumping off the bench cheering for their teammate when when they make a big play one thing i will notice is is you guys i mean you're not afraid to shoot like even if let's say you know one player's having a bad game that's but they're constantly shooting you know you tell them keep shooting stuff like that you know they're not afraid to keep firing it up there even though the first four or five shots might not have went in yeah shooters got to shoot um if you're uh shooting for you know the game on tuesday and friday it's not it's not based off of uh this practice and the next practice it, uh, these girls have been putting in work you know some of these girls have been putting in work since fourth grade and you know we spend a lot of time over summer we get a lot of extra practices we, we spend a lot of time in september and then uh and now at this point in the season we're making some fine-tuned adjustments and, and we're just getting shots up uh we, we want we want you to we want you to take a shot for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, you're open. Number two, you're ready to shoot. Number three, it's a shot that you've been practicing and you're expecting to see the ball. Uh, if you know if you're not quite ready to shoot and you catch and you're a little surprised, that's that's not your shot. You know we can talk about that. But if you got your if you got your feet right, you're open and that's a shot that you've been practicing. Then we need you to put that shot up. I don't know if you, Keith, if you've had the opportunity to see. Coach Rubel's uh, team play defense. Um, it's um, you might win, you might lose, but you know you just played Fort Mill because they will rough you all the way down the floor. They're fouling you, you know, kind kind of like in NASCAR. He didn't hit you; he's rubbing you. Well, we've rubbing we've heard that. We've heard that about the NAFO girls lacrosse team too. That you feel like you've been through the meat grinder after you've played a game against them. Yeah. And, you may win, you may lose. Now I did see them last season over at the high, at the, um, the Falcons Nest, and they were Flying they were around. defensive chaos and, yes. and something that that even the best offensive teams just don't have an answer for something like that. And that's just I was very impressed with uh, with how they played, and that was just last year. I know this year they've improved greatly, and so it'll be fun to see them when when they. Um, when they match up with Nation Ford that first time around. And you know people don't see it a lot because when they, when Fort Mill walks into the gym or we're at home, you'll hear other parents, especially early on in the game, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul. It's not. It's not. You're you're riding some player down the floor, but it's uh, your hands are up, your body's straight up and down, but you're kind of 
you're not interfering with them, but you're just enough to be a nuisance. That happened. That's on a that's on a pleasant trip down the floor. Now, when Coach Rubel wants to go all like C four on people, um, they're flying around, and it's it's amazing. How long does it take for those young ladies to get from, hey, where am I supposed to be right here? To you just call it, and it's instinctive. They know exactly. Okay, now the ball is going to go here, so I'm going to go move over here and overplay that. Did they already come in this year, sort of having that base from last year, and just picked up on it, and now it's more intense? <clears throat> uh, yeah, a couple of our defenses were were running are similar to what we did last year, so especially having a number of people return has been helpful. Uh, and then we've, we've added a couple, uh, more kind of get up in your business, a little bit more defenses, uh, because we're a little bit faster than we were last year. We're not quite as big as we were last year. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, we want to be some, some teams we want to, uh, make it a 94 foot, um, track meet and, uh, wear you down because we're, we're pretty deep, especially at the guard position. So we want to, we want to make you spend a little bit more, ex a little bit extra energy, bringing the ball up the court and then, uh, without giving up any layups. And then hopefully that'll pay off for us, you know, in the end of the third quarter, early fourth quarter, we'll be able to, um, kind of wear, wear your legs down a little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you this last game against uh Lancaster, all 15 players had minutes. 10 of the 15 hit the scorebook. That's pretty good. That you know you've had a really good night win. Um and and that's and I think I think you went to the bench fairly early as well. There, there's no fear to just plug and play with these different and you, and you mentioned Colby being just a freshman, but there's a lot of sophomores and juniors that have gotten a ton of minutes. Um an Ella Marker comes off the floor, here comes a Zoe Williams. It it's and and you don't seem like you have to change a whole lot if anything at all. Still running the same thing because it's you you have so many pieces and with the team speed, but you do have some size. I mean, it's uh, maybe not to the like Charlotte Country Day had I think three trees um, that you know you don't see that a whole lot. Um, that was one of the losses, but in the art of fairness as well, Fort Mill had a ton of open looks and, and good looks at the basket and a lot of layups just missed. Uh, so so some of that's credit to them. Some of that's hey, you know we we got to clean up our stuff and, and probably could have won that game uh, honestly. So. Um, a very special season indeed, Coach Rubel. It, it really is remarkable. Um, if, if somebody after 16 games would have said before the season started, "You're going to be 14 and two," I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you'd have chewed on that stick very often, or you just kind of brush it to the side. But that's a lofty record, my friend. And um, much success the rest of this year. And um, heck, you do that down the stretch. There's a trophy and a ring at the end, and and a one game at a time. Yeah, yeah, one game at a time, especially um, coming into region play. Uh, you know, there's uh, fortunately for us or unfortunately for us, every, every game's going to be, you know, we're going to have to play at the top of our game in order to have the opportunity to win going forward. We just, uh, it's just going to be fun to uh, game plan and compete uh, because we just, we just have uh, six great basketball programs that are in our region right now. So every game's going to be, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to play your best if you want to come out with a win. That's, that's how I feel. I was getting ready to say the region of doom, you're already at 14 and two. So already made some great strides. And then if, if you get through say the region with two losses, I mean, you got to feel pretty good about how 
you're going into the state playoffs at that point. And you know, with two losses in this region, that's probably you're you're winning the region yeah, you're more than likely. The region. I would say yeah. getting those first two spots, you are playing that first game at home, and and hopefully that's huge. On wood, right? Our, our gym will be done by then, and that pun intended. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, that would be nice. Uh, two two losses in region only two losses in region that would be a heck of a season um but again i you know we we uh technically right now we have our best record in the region and and we've earned it we we worked our tail off and um we put ourselves in a position to have that uh but there are some great programs in our region and uh we're in order for us to come out with a win on any night, it's it's going to be, it's going to be take one of one of our best efforts going forward. Well, it seems that, you know it's kind of like how you used to hear the Dukes and North Carolinas of of the world. You know, you're their Super Bowl. You're the team that has the the target on their back yeah. because you're doing so well. And right now, it looks like the Yellow Jackets are are that team. And as Coach just said, you know, they're going to have to withstand taking each team's best effort every single night in order to continue to get some wins. But the way they've looked now, I, I see them winning a lot more yeah. going yeah. down the stretch. I, I agree with you 100%, Coach Rubel. Any team in that region can beat any of the others on any given night. If you're the slightest bit off or you go south for any significant amount of time, that turns into an L real fast. Yeah. Uh, heck, if you only lose two games in a re you are the region. I just don't see. I can't see that I just either. Don't, I, there's too many good teams. For example, Spring Valley's at the bottom, quote, unquote, at the bottom. But their record has been incredibly hard. And we all know what Coach Assey can do in her team with Spring Valley. So, uh, yeah, if, if you think they're they're soft this year, no, 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 no. Another thing coming. So, um, but, hey. Best of luck to you. If there's anything we can do to help you, to help your program, help your girls, uh, please let us know. We'll be glad to help in any way we can. Even if that means staying away, we can do that too. Um, just go away and behave ourselves. But Coach Rubel, great season so far, my friend. Best of luck to you the rest of the year. Go Jackets. Yeah, thank you. And again, I, I want to say, you know, you said, what can you do? You guys are always doing, you are already doing a lot of great stuff for, you know, not only our girls, but, you know, the whole community. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, uh, as, you know, Saturday morning would roll over and look at the newspaper and be able to read about your team or, or maybe even yourself if you're fortunate enough to get in the uh, paper. So uh, really appreciate all the support you guys give to not only our program, but all the programs in Fort Mill. I've got one last question because yeah. I'm looking at his drink cup there, the Spartans. Are you uh, rooting for the Wolverines tomorrow night? Oh, well, this is a free cup. Okay. So, oh, uh ah. Uh, my, my wife, uh, she went, she got her, uh, doctorate from Michigan state. Uh, and so she, this past fall, she went back to her 10 year reunion and she, she got this cup. So it was free. <laughs> Otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a Michigan, uh, Michigan fan all the way. Um, I, I can't, you know, I don't remember exactly when I became, uh, diehard Michigan fan, but it, it definitely had to, something to do with the Fab Five mm -hmm. and uh, and their black socks and and, beating, and competing for uh, uh, NCAA championships back in the day. Very good. Should be a good, good game. Yeah, you say the Fab Five to a lot of young people. They're like the who? 
Well, Google it. Google it. Jackson Five. Us Tar Heels like the Fab Five also. Yeah. 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 By by the way, y'all still don't have a timeout. Right. That hurts. Yeah. Too soon. And that was Mont- <laughs> and that was It was 30 years ago. And that was Too Eric soon. Montross was on that team. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure I can name. Can we name the – Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose. Chris Weber. Webbs. Yeah. Um, Jermaine, Michael, T- – no, sorry, wrong, <laughs> wrong five. Uh, Jackson. Jimmy yeah, there Jackson. was a Jackson Jimmy on that Jackson? team, wasn't there? Yep. Jimmy Jackson? No, yep. he was Ohio State. No, um – Oh gosh, I can see their faces, but I can't think yeah. of their names. I see the Sports Illustrated cover in my head right now. Yeah, exactly. It, it's Stephon but they Jackson. have the long Stephon Jackson. No, the long Jackson. baggy no. shorts and yep. that, that whole thing. Yeah. Whereas you look at basketball players today, and they cannot be short enough. Boys <laughs> and girls, you see, they're 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 cupping it up inside here and shoving it up down there. Seventy like, style. The heck? Yeah, like, <laughs> you don't, yeah, you want to go back to Bill Walton? Everything, everything. Like, Bob Cousy, back you around. Want that? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, well, so. we know you got to get off to basketball practice, so we will let you go. But, again, thank you for stopping in, so to speak. Yeah, Appreciate it, Coach. Appreciate it. Yeah, and good thank luck, you. Coach. Thank you. Coach Nathan Rubel, ladies and gentlemen.